my god. What? Welcome. Welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show, everybody. There's no guest today. I don't know if you're excited or not. I, I have no idea what is going to transpire, but I do know that it's going to be a quick one. Um, I'm on my way to the airport here. We're going to New Zealand. We've been looking forward to this trip for a while. If you're in New Zealand, um, I probably, we probably, I've read a message, I'm sure, that says something like, hey, if, um, if you're coming down here, I want to hang. And the truth is, I do too. So I'm going to tr- really work on figuring out a way to do that. So um, just stay tuned on the Instagram. We're going to, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to set up a meetup. The truth is we got a lot of work to do in the beginning. I'm playing. Have I have I mentioned that I'm playing in the New Zealand Open? First off, that's terrifying. Second off, honestly, I'm terrified. Third, I mean, the truth is the bystanders should be terrified. I mean, anybody could get hit. And that's not, not a funny thing. That's a serious, very serious thing. Um but yeah, no, the podcast is over now. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, geez, I feel like it's what happens is is uh, every you know we have a lot of interviews sort of bagged and tagged as we like to call them, and I intend on doing the weekly you know the Monday morning check in because I do like doing it. I enjoy the it's like therapy, but except I get paid. I mean, <laughs> I don't get paid that much. Don't worry, mom and dad. Don't worry, we're not breaking the bank here. But uh, it is kind of therapeutic, and I think, um, you know, for whatever reason, it works. So, But the problem is, is that every Sunday, something's like going on, and it's hard to record for the Monday. Anyway, that's what's inside the sausage. Let's move on. I, like I said, I don't have a co-host, but we've recorded a lot of great pods, and they're all basically waiting to be listened to. Um Ah, oh, geez, what is even? I don't feel like I've even spoken to you guys since my birthday, which was incredible. The waste management was such a wild, wild time. Uh, you know, the the experience of being out there and working with waste management for now three years and and really feeling like I belong there finally was kind of a nutty feeling. I I really just kind of basked in the glow of it, and then there you go, a little more volume. How's that? Whoa! Don't don't. Don't hit the guy in front of you. Don't whatever you're gonna do. Um, but the 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 experience of going there was really fun, and ended up sort of staying back. I wasn't sure what to do on my actual birthday, um, and I was gonna come back to LA. And then I was like, you know, sometimes when I come home after a trip, I get a little, I get a little blue. I sort of don't want to hang out. I get I get a little, you know, it's almost like um, inertia. You know, when the train stops moving and everything kind of flies forward at an abrupt rate. Well, yeah, I didn't want to experience that. So I just stayed on the train and played some great golf on a rainy Sunday and played more golf. No, I didn't play golf on Monday. No, I didn't. I'm lying. But I took a plane and it was just a really nice time. And, you know, I uh, just over the flight that I had this morning from Orlando, I had the chance to look back at really, I had kind of been sleeping on the DMs too on Instagram and, you know, I do read those myself, just me and my two eyes. I can't see, by the way. I really can't see. Some people make fun of me when I pull out my phone at night, and I literally, um, I cannot see anything on my cell phone. So I have to squint as though I'm looking into the sun, which is, you know, for a 38-year-old, it's a little early. But, um, 
you know, I uh, I did get into the DMs this this morning on the flight, and man, I gotta tell you, if it's one of you that sent a message, I really appreciate it. Warning: a couple things. Sometimes Instagram gets fucked. So sometimes Instagram gets messed up, and basically makes it so that I can read a message, but then I can't respond. And then, like, sometimes it, like, loses the message. And I literally, I'm sitting there like a crazy person because, you know, there are, I want to read them all and respond. Obviously, you know, sometimes it doesn't, you know, uh, sometimes it's more just like a, hey, what's up? Thanks. And it's like, dude, that means a lot. Thank you. Um, you know, but anyway, sometimes it gets really weird and it just, like, blows up the message. And it's sometimes really a meaningful message like, hey... Um, you know, I hated golf and now I love it. And anyway, I just want you to know that if for some reason you wrote a message and it didn't get responded to in the way that you were hoping, I promise I'm just a jerk. No, I promise that it was like I was on the plane and the guy next to me probably was, you know, he probably farted right when I opened up your message and then it just smelled really bad. And it was not you. It's me here. It's the guy next to me. It's the fact that I didn't get upgraded. That's really what it comes down to. If I was sitting in first class, I would respond. No, um, but uh, but it means a lot. And and I did I did. Whoa, who's texting me? Who's doing the texting? It's Colt. Colt and I are about to meet at the airport. Uh, what is he saying? He's saying, "Do you have two or one carry-ons, my guy? I have two carry-ons. Let's. let's I have two, man. Come on, two. Who is this? Two. Um, and um, anyway, it means a lot. I, I, there, I got through a lot of old ones that were saying happy birthday. Someone had the same birthday as me. That was funny. Um, what's Colt saying now? He says, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that's okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, it was a nice morning getting through those. And, and like I said, I just wanted to say thank you if you're one of the people that took the time out of your day and your life to send those. Um, it really means a lot. It's really the only thing outside of cold, hard cash. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it really means a lot to me. It's the reason why I do my job. Um, I ran into a guy this morning in the airport, sweet as can be, just said, hey, I love what you do. I said, thanks. And then I saw he messaged me later and he said, I hope that wasn't annoying. No, it's not annoying. If someone came up to a TSA worker and said, I love what you do, that's awesome, you know? Maybe there is a famous TSA worker out there. By the way, the whole not bringing an ID to the airport, that's an incredible thing. Somehow, this crazy experience of, oh, did you want to talk about golf? Hang on. Uh, what golf could I talk about? I, t I played at Mirabelle in uh, cell phone. Colt wants to know how many checked baggage for me. I feel like uh, two, my guy. Um... Anyway, I played Deltona Club in Orlando on the Sugarloaf list. There's something we talk about golf. Honestly, messaging that get a cup. <laughs> I got to turn my ringer off. And we can have three each. Uh, maybe. Uh, definitely three. All right. I apologize for the constant interruptions on Colt's behalf. Um what was I going to say? The, uh, the, if you, if you hit, I only know of one great course in LA, Rustic Canyon. That's the great course. That's the hidden gem. That's what you should play if you're coming to LA. Obviously, Rancho Park, obviously, some others. Rustic Canyon is the one I would recommend. 
Um, but what you should really do is go on Sugarloaf's uh, website. Uh, Sugarloaf Social Club has a hidden gem project, and what they do is it's like a, it's like a um, yeah, America a map, and they have all the cool courses around the country that are good deals. So go there before you know. I don't, I don't know, and I can't. You know, it, it's it just doesn't. Um, I'm not. I don't really do that. You know, I do the uh, I do the how to have fun when you're playing like shit, like like when you're playing really bad. Sugarloaf has a really great, they've already done all the work for all of us. So just head over there if you're looking for where to play when you're on the road. They sent me to Deltona Club, which I was really proud of. It was a great choice. I was glad I, I was glad I trusted them. You know, it's so hard to pick a course when you're sort of, you know, somewhere where you don't know. You're spending money, you're spending time, yada, yada, yada. Um, so anyway, uh, that's the golf bit. I'm sure I'll find more golf to talk about. Cameron Smith, ladies and gentlemen, played golf with him at the Genesis Open. What a legend, man. What a nice guy. What a really, really, really nice guy. He is just above and beyond nice. Um, he did give me a swing tip, which I'm hoping will help me in the New Zealand Open. But, you know, I also am to some extent helpless. So there's that. Um, but uh, anyway, we had a great time at the New Zealand at the uh, Genesis. It was it was fun. Obviously, my first pick was Tommy Fleetwood, but uh, you know you don't always get your first pick, as they as they say, as it would come to pass. Um, I went to the airport with no identification, and I was able to fly uh, to and from Orlando without an ID. Are you alarmed? I don't know. Should you be? I don't know. Look, the thing is, like, I don't even know why you need an idea on some level. I mean, I guess I kind of do, but the truth is, if they search the shit out of you, what, sorry, I'm trying not to curse. If they search you thoroughly, why do you need an identification? Like, you either are or are not a threat with what you've got on you. So anyway, I got searched thoroughly, and don't worry, it wasn't any, they didn't put the, they didn't, you know, it was just the external search. Not an, not a, you know, not the other kind, and um, we, you know, but was the funny is I showed up to the airport this morning in Orlando, and the place was packed, like flooded with people, and I was a bit scared, even though I got there really early. I had two hours before I needed to go, uh, before the flight left, and so I mean, I was thought, oh, I got more than enough time, but when I saw how many people were in the airport, I was like, whoa, this is very, very scary, and I was terrified. A lot of lot of feelings of terrified this this pod. The truth is, I'm not. I I'm pretty I'm pretty good. Pretty not that terrified. Um, but basically, so what you do when you don't have an ID is you go get your ticket at the counter for the airline, and the and the airline says, "Do you have an ID?" And you say, "No," and they say, "Well, we don't care," and they give you the ticket, and then you say, oh, "Well, who does care?" And they say, "The the TSA really does care." So then you go to the TSA, and that's where you really have to figure your life out. This happened once when I was in Portland with my man Akbar of Seamus Golf. I left my ID at some restaurant, and I had to get uh, back to L.A., and I was at the airport, and I was like, someone said I could board a plane without an ID, and I was like, no way. So I did it, and what they do is basically you go up to the TSA, and they say, do you have any way of sight of slightly proving who you are? And at the time, I, th- I had credit cards, but they wanted like a piece of mail. For some reason, mail meant something to them. I don't know why. And, um, you know, but this time, luckily, this time, this morning in, in Orlando, I had a, um, 
I, I have an international driver's license, which if you've been on the uh, EAL train long enough, you would know that the international driver's license came out of Japan uh, March 2018. I don't know. There's a there's a um, Insta story, a saved Insta story about when I got arrested uh, in Japan doing the Mura episode of Adventures in Golf, and basically I wasn't allowed to drive. Never mind that I crashed a drone into a uh, moving vehicle known as a truck, but more importantly was that I was driving the car without a without an international license. So as soon as I got back to the United States of America picked up my old international driver's license and became a legal driver. So anyway, it's like it's like you can get it from like AAA. It's just got your ID. It's just got a photo of you on it. Anyway, the point of the story is I get to Orlando Airport. It's flooded with tourists. Everyone's walking around with their mouths open trying to figure out what an airport even is, much less where they're going, how do they get there, what time do they go, and what gate. Also, why can't they drink water? Well, you know, the, the the security thing is so confusing. By the way, no judgment there. So it's just, it's just some people do it a lot. Some people don't. No issue there. I have no problem with that. Um, so we, I mean, traveling is stressful, dude. You get put up in a pressurized box, 30, like way higher than any mountain on earth. And it's like bumpy and you can't breathe. And it just smells like farts. The food is literally worse than the movie theater. Movie theater is actually pretty good compared to the plane. And the flight attendants are basically pissed that you paid all this money to be on there. And you're probably going to a funeral or a wedding or something you don't want to go to. You may be going to something you do want to go to, which is equally... uh, Is it stressful? I don't know. No, it's exciting. I'm usually excited on the plane. I try to be really happy. It's easier when snowball's on the plane, that's for sure. We'll get into snowball at golf courses on this pod. That, I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna. That's the subject of the podcast is bringing your dog to a golf course because I've been getting a lot of questions about it, and then I can just refer people there. Um, but we've definitely crushed through 15 minutes, I think, of the pod. Got to keep track of the time because it's like an. It's sort of like a movie. 14 minutes. You can tell how many minutes are gone because you're just you're looking at the screen. Maybe. What's up, Ben Warren? I'm excited to see you in a couple weeks, dude. In Japan, we're going to host the USGA uh, Summit. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be hosting and moderating, and we made some videos for the USGA, and I'll be darned, I'm proud. I'm very excited to be involved with such a respected and honored company uh, within the golf industry, Uh, one of the governing bodies, if you will, of the game of golf. Um, so that's exciting. Um, I was just thinking of Ben because I know that he's, uh, he's a wonderful shaper and he's riding his lawnmower in some country right now. It could be Morocco, it could be Japan. It could be at the course you're about to play next. You'll never, never know. You might know actually, but I don't know if you're going to know. Anyway, Ben was instrumental in getting me involved in the USGA thing and I owe him a beer or 5,000. Thank you, B. Um, but what we were talking about was traveling and how it's insane. Anyway, Orlando Airport. We're going to circle back to this again, and I might tell the story. Basically, it's crowded. What happens is, 
they say to me, I go into the TSA pre-line and they're like, you can't go to TSA pre without an ID. And I'm like, all right. And she's like, you got to go over there. And I turn around and it's literally like Gladiator. There's like 5 million people just eating flesh and like throwing knives and like just blood and smoke. And I'm just like, whoa, you want me to go through? I have to get in that line. And she was like, no, 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 go across it. And there should be someone over there at a kiosk. And I was like, I don't know what she means by kiosk, but I get across the airport uh, in the in the, like the the security area there, I go all the way across. It takes like five minutes to walk around. I like lose a couple toes, and I get on the other side. And there's a guy literally at a kiosk, aka a um, a podium. He looks like he's about to give an award for like TSA cleanliness or like proper uh, rubber glove usage. And he's sort of standing there, really upright. Oh, by the way. I love the TSA. I'll be honest. I think they're good people. I think we give them a bad rap. Certainly they do. There have been some articles that have come out about how they hate, uh, you know, certain airlines uh, customers. I don't know if that's true for United, but whatever. I get over there and the guy's just like happy to be at work, you know, and he's like, did you forget your ID? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, come with me. As though I was a spy who was being taken into friendly custody to be bandaged up and sent back out to fight for my country and what I believe in. Come with me, he says. So I follow him immediately, just slashing the lines, going all the way through this airport, you know, and just everyone's looking around like, who is this guy? I'm being escorted by a man in blue. And by the way, he's tall. He's like 6'5", pretty good looking, you know, really, you know, just got like leathery skin. He's kind of like Chuck Norris. He's African-American though. So, you know, but he's got like the grayish. He's more like Denzel. He's basically Denzel Washington. Oh my God. I actually was in... Uh, the equalizer. That's that's what happened this morning. He was equalizing everything. And so we go, we slash through line. We're just cutting through multiple lines. We're going above, we're going under lines, over lines. There's like the little, like, you know, the ropes, you know, that they have. Like we're going, we, he's clipping those and unclipping them and unclipping them back in. And people are just confused. Because by the way, it's also 5.30 in the morning. And he's just, he's taking me through as though I have a private jet to fly with, Someone really, really rich and important, except I'm dressed. I am kind of dressed like Tom Cruise in American Made, though. That's true. I'm wearing jeans. I got like a nice linen button-down shirt that's not tucked in. Um, I've got nice carry-on luggage. You know, I, I mean, and I've got nice shoes. Like, I probably look important, which is the most ironic thing of all. And I'm merely, I'm just like the idiot who forgot his ID. By the way, I forgot it at the TaylorMade office on Thursday, which respect to the golf bods the golf gods golf bods golf bods should be a term so anyway we get to the we, we get to the guy who's checking the tickets which is what you would be waiting in line for for an hour if you didn't have tsa pre or status or whatever and we get there and the guy and and we go in front of everybody there and he like interrupts the person whom he's working with and uh denzel is like all right this guy's a 1031 and the guy at the counter at the other podium aka uh AKA, uh, what's it called when you give an award away? Podium. Um, I forgot the word. Uh, but I can't remember. And um, he, so then uh, you got a 1031. Stamps my license, uh, my uh, my ticket. Then we go get in the x-ray line. The x-ray line's got 12 people in it. We go, of course, to the front of that line. We cut everybody in that line. I throw all my stuff through. And my stuff comes out immediately. And then we get all my stuff out first and go around behind the x-ray machine where I get, I'm going to call it a dignified pat-down. 
lot of people might feel like they're a drug dealer or some type of smuggler or just an idiot when they have their arms spread and there is another man with rubber gloves basically touching your balls and your penis with the back of their hand. Honestly, I kind of felt like King Tut. Like I, After crushing the TSA line that way, I just thought, this is actually this is the this might even be the way to do it. I was even thinking next time bring your ID, but say you didn't. All right. Chapter one of the podcast has been crushed like a Gatorade without even breathing. I'm gonna take a couple ads and then I'm gonna come back and we're gonna talk about getting snowball and or your dog on the golf course, the do's and don'ts, the how-to, the DIY. All right, everybody got a great read for you here. Stay tuned till the end of it because there is a massive deal at the end of this read. Precision Pro Golf, maker of the NX7 series rangefinder, is proud to bring you this spot on the Eric Anders Lang Show. The Eric Anders Lang Show is bringing golf to the masses, which is pretty rad. And Precision Pro is bringing accurate measurements to golfers at an affordable price. Their NX7 series rangefinder was named Best Value Golf Rangefinder by MyGolfSpy.com. You heard that right. Best Value Golf Rangefinder at MyGolfSpy.com. With all the bells and whistles that golfers love without the bloated price tag that other companies charge, it's the perfect rangefinder to add to your golf bag this year. So right now, Precision Pro is offering $20 off the NX7 Series Rangefinder. Go to PrecisionProGolf.com, PrecisionProGolf.com, and use coupon code ERIC, E-R-I-K. Do not spell my name wrong this time, folks, for a free... A lifetime battery replacement for wait for twenty dollars off, and then you also get free lifetime battery replacement service. Whoa, dude! You know how many times my battery dies in my rangefinder where I'm just like, Ugh, grind, give me a battery. They're so expensive. If you can actually get take advantage of that, you could eventually get a free rangefinder by the end of the time. Uh, yeah, they're not joking, folks. Lifetime battery replacement services. You can check out the awesome reviews on their website or on Amazon. Amazon, that's what's up. Uh, to read what other golfers are saying about Precision Pro Golf Rangefinders. Once again, go to precisionprogolf.com and use coupon code E-R-I-K, K as in awesome, for $20 off. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right, folks, you know my favorite golf shoe, don't you? I think you do. It's three-stripe life, y'all, and that means Adidas. Um... And so anyway, I just wanted to tell you that when I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Tour 360, obviously, and uh, they've made a huge update to the Tour 360, and uh, the two letters that it's concerned with are the letters X and T, okay? The Tour 360 XT changes the game, okay? It's lighter, so your feet feel even better after a round. By the way, a light golf shoe is what I'm all about a heavy there are some other companies making heavy golf shoes and i'm just like by the way i weigh enough there's enough going on i'm carrying a golf bag i'm carrying my team um tour xt changes the game it's lighter so your feet feel even better after a round and it still features that boost y'all do you know where boost comes from it and boost is cool because it only comes in black and white i don't know if you noticed that and actually they the guy who made boost like was going to bring it to some other you know they, they were shopping it around And everyone else said, no, Adidas was like, I'll take that boost, even though it's only black and white. And what did Adidas do with it? They made it awesome. I'm looking at boost right now on my feet. Boost on my feet. Uh, And it has an X-shaped traction system that gives you insane stability. Literally, it's not sane. It's literally crazy. Your feet will literally be like, I'm crazy. 
Best part, it comes in spikeless. Ooh, that's tight. The first spikeless ever in the history of the Tour 360. Crazy comfortable and perfect for the course. Get your pair at adidas.com. Thank me later. Follow Adidas Golf for all the latest and greatest. That's all true statements right there. Check it out. Go support Adidas because they're a good company, good people. I like it. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason. And we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy. And we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now check out this podcast. I hope those ads were pretty painless. I don't know if you're anything like me. They might have been actually very painful. I don't know. Are you doing that Blue Chew? Do they still have the Blue Chew ad playing? Who knows? Um, anyway, so someone's a lot of people saying, how do I get my dog on the golf course? Um, basically, here's the thing. I, I got Snowball and uh, you know after after a divorce. And we had three dogs together. And I was like, you know, I, I'm going to leave the dogs with her. She has a bit more of a sustainable life for dog care. And so I was like, you know, cool, cool. Like, just just have her do the dog thing and don't break them up or anything like that. And um, I went to a pound to get a dog and I wasn't going to pick a dog. That was not my intention. I was like, I'm just going to go in and pick the first dog that makes eye contact with me. So I go into this um, uh, whatever, kennel, pound, whatever you want to call it. And I go in, and as soon as I open the door, this stupid little white dog looks up at me and just stares at me and cocks his head. As though, as if to say something like, dude. No, it wasn't like that. It was, it was like, he turned his head kind of like, this guy? This guy's going to, he thinks he's going to take me home? And uh, that was Snowball. And basically, I, I went over there, and I just I looked at the lady, and I was like, I'll take him. And she was like, just like that, probably concerned that I was just going to take him out and kill him or something like that. She, <laughs> she goes, are you, that was very fast. And I was like, no, no, no I just, I told myself I was going to take the first dog that makes eye contact with me. And that probably even scared her more. I probably sounded like a psychopath. Um, but I wasn't like trying to interview a dog. You know what I mean? I'm not going to like, I'm, it wasn't like a date. All right. I'm just picking up a dog. Cause I need, I was desperate, depressed and lonely. All right. I needed a dog as bad as a dog needed me. So she, so finally she goes, well, look, I think, do you just take him for a walk around the block at least? And I was like, okay, fine. But I've already made my decision. And she's like, whatever, take him for a walk. You creep, you total psycho, like emotionless creature. And I grab snowball. We go, we put him on a walk. Dude, he's the cutest thing ever. You've seen him. He's just so cute. We go, by the way, he stays with Evan and Katie while I'm gone. Um, so anyway, he's like, we go for this walk. He's the cutest thing ever. And I get back and I'm like, yeah, I was right. He's the best dog ever. Lo and behold, obviously he turns into a psycho as soon as I get home. He's not a psycho. He's just an ordinary old man. But while I'm checking out, checking out, while I'm basically filling out the forms and giving them the 300 bucks that they need to, you know, I don't know, pay for their operating expenses as a shelter, uh, she goes, you know, thanks so much for taking an older dog. And I was like, uh, what do you mean older dog? And she's like, well, he's 10. And I was like, 10? <laughs> like 10 in human years or like in dog years? <laughs> she was like, in human years. He's 70 in dog years. And I was like, dude, that's an old dog. I'm like, uh, that's, that's, that's real. That's a real thing. So anyway, um, the long and short of it is I travel a lot. I purposely got a dog that was under 17 pounds. I wanted to travel with him. 
And so I got him to be listed as a support animal, which basically means that you can bring him into a restaurant or an Uber or on an airplane, and no one can really say no unless they kind of want to get messed with. Um, now, I'm not like a mess with her guy. Like, I'm not going to mess with anybody, but I can at least say he is a support animal and they can say whatever, whatever, whatever. The only time I really got rejected was at the World Trade Center and I, le I legitimately almost went to jail. I was very upset. Uh, the guy was being a totally mean guy, like just really being not nice at the, uh, at the counter. And I was just trying my best. Like, I had a meeting with Golf Digest and the guy was just being a being mean, you know, and I had all the paperwork and I didn't care. Um, and I learned my lesson. Don't take snowball to big, important meetings when you need to get in that meeting. We rescheduled and it was fine. But, you know, the, the flip side of it is basically as long as your dog obeys the rules of being a support animal, which means no going to the bathroom in, so indoors uh, and no barking or biting of other people, they can basically be a support animal indefinitely. And that kind of goes with this unwritten rule of bringing your dog to a golf course, which is that you can have your dog on most golf courses as long as it doesn't bark or bite anybody or like go to the bathroom on the greens. And um, so what I have found in my experience is municipal courses, um, I don't know if they can even say no to you bringing your dog. I really don't. Now, especially if your dog is a support animal. Obviously, if you're going to be a naysayer, you can easily say to me, your support animal isn't needed on the golf course. And would you be right? Absolutely. But would you be, I don't, uh, I'm losing my argument, <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, yeah, that's true. But like, you know, then don't, then no one should ever have a dog ever. In my opinion, like, why would you have a dog to not take it with you around the world? Like, Dogs have more energy than us. Like, why, why would you not want to take your dog everywhere with you? Now, I've since curtailed bringing Snowball around L.A. because he doesn't really like the car, and he doesn't really love being in crowded indoor spaces. What he really likes is being at home or being on a golf course. He really loves going up and down the fairway, running around, like sniffing stuff, rolling and stuff. Like, that's, that's his perfect space. And because he doesn't bark, he doesn't go after other people, and... You know, he seems to keep away from the coyotes and the rattlesnakes. You know, I figure just keep going with it. You know, Rustic Canyon's really nice about letting him come onto the course. Um, again, so that's not a muni. That's a public course. That's a privately owned public course. And those are actually, those courses are pretty good about it too. Usually what that entails is I kind of call and I'll be like, hey, um, just wanted to double check. I have a support animal that doesn't bark or go to the bathroom. He's very well trained. I can bring them out, right? And usually they've never been asked that question. So the response is, uh, yeah. Or it's, hang on, let me check. And then, uh, I don't know. I haven't really gotten any no's in or around LA. The saddest part is that I wanted to bring Snowball to Scotland last year when I went, but I couldn't figure out how to get him into Scotland. They were talking about a, a likelihood of detainment uh, quarantine, which was like, you know, a game, it was like a deal breaker. Like I couldn't land in Scotland for work for two and a half weeks and have my dog get turned away at the, um, at the customs. You know what I mean? Now that said, I did bring snowball into Spain and no one even noticed. Like I just had him in my bag on my shoulder and no one even noticed. So I did think about that, but it was just too big of a risk. So I decided not to do it. 
But the truth is all the Scottish golf courses just have dogs running around all over them. And so if you think a dog doesn't belong on a golf course, you're just wrong. Like, And I know that you probably, no one listening to this podcast really is going to be like totally confused with that. Like I think most of us are just like preaching to the choir. But, you know, I mean, when you go to Scotland, like everybody's walking their dogs all over the golf course. Some people walk their dogs on the golf course without even playing. Old course. I mean, come on. Like people are riding their bikes on the old course. So this idea that the golf property is so precious is just one of these things where I just, I have a hard time with it. I actually had a DM this morning from a guy that said, Hey, by the way, if, if you're the one that wrote this DM and you're listening, like, please know, no, no, I'm not being aggressive at you. It's the mindset of what you said, which I disagree with. And I chose not to respond because I don't have the energy to get in a one-on-one debate with you personally about your views. But if you saw the Jeff Shackelford episode we did on YouTube where we went to Holmby Hills, the Arm & Hammer golf course in Beverly Hills over there, <clears throat> in Holmby Hills, like right in LA, it's, it's like a 14-hole pitch and putt. And we did a great little episode on it, and I'm so proud of it. Like, it really is the essence of golf from my perspective. And we posted a great um, YouTube, uh, Instagram video as well of Jeff talking about his hole-in-ones not counting because it's a short course. And it did really well. I know it's got like 40,000 views. People loved it. But um, someone messaged me and said, hey, can you remove the geotag? We want this to be a private, we want this to remain a secret. And I like, I got a little upset when I read it because I was like, wait, who's we, dude? what are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? Like I actually got upset and I realized it's not his fault. He doesn't mean that he doesn't, he's not saying, and again, if this is you and you know, maybe if, if this is you, write me an email and let, respond to what I'm saying and I'll read it on the pod because I do think it's a worthy debate and I'm curious to know where you're coming from because the thought that you want your public course to remain a secret, well, that's just backwards. That's just, that's just, that is selfish to the extreme that I will, I would, I would be surprised if you could have fun on the golf course, if that's really the way you feel, you know, the idea that golf is dying and that, and that, you know, um, you know, public courses are striving you, that you can't even get a tea time at some successful public courses. Well, that's interesting. But the, in, the more interesting thing is when people say, I don't want my course to get busier. I don't know about that, man. I mean, I think that's a great thing. I mean, yeah, sure, you don't want six-hour rounds at Rancho, and I won't go. But that just comes down to management. I mean, that's 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 a management problem. You know, that's that's uh, they figured that out at other courses. You know, um, but anyway, that that was kind of a weird one. Um, but you could bring your dog to Homeby Hills. I'll geotag it for you. Go onto my Instagram and check it out. That's a, that's one of my favorite courses in the world right now. Um, but obviously about to go to New Zealand where we're going to, apparently I'm going to play some of the best golf of my life, which is so funny because I haven't really thought about it very much. I've just been running around. We've been going nonstop. I promise I haven't even had a coffee prior to this pod. Um, but, uh, I did get the old upgrade for tonight. So Eric will be lying down in the sky for 13 and a half hours. In the old Polaris, this pod is not sponsored by United Airlines. Honestly, I find them more and more annoying the more I fly them, and I'm considering switching. That's how little they've actually done for me personally. That said, they do support adventures in golf, which I find awesome. And I do love flying on them, and I see the the show that I've made and I've cared about for many years of my life on that airline. Uh, But that said, you know... Maybe it's just like every other airline, but they're rude, like straight up rude. And I emailed people at United when they're rude. The day I got on the plane, I said, can I have a blanket? I was 
freezing cold. It was 6 a.m. I said, can I get a blanket? She goes, no, and just walked away. I mean, customer service would say that you would say something like, I'm so sorry. I don't think we have them, but let me check. By the way, I know there's a blanket on that plane. I know it, but I was just too tired to like even deal with negative energy at that point. And that comes down to the final statement on this podcast. Only an idiot argues with an a-hole. Sorry for the short pod, everybody. I I think I'm going to start doing shorter check-ins because I really do enjoy doing the check-in. I really enjoy getting back to, you know, what we what we really get down with, you know, like the idea of random golf club, the idea of ace cam. I just love all this stuff, you know? This really means a lot to me. And all of, like I said, there's messages and emails out there that really keep me going and get me excited. Also, uh, we did put a thing up on the website that's the Hit Us Up page. And that's the page where you should go to if you want to invite us out to your course or your city or your town or wherever. Or if you have an idea that you want us to shoot. Just go there because in the, in the email and in the in the direct messages, it's it's too hard to parse out what's happening where and when. So if you just go onto the website, hit us up. That's the best way to uh, suggest a storyline for us to go hit up. Um, and and maybe that's a good place actually to do the New Zealand thing. Like if you've got an idea for how we can coordinate a hang sesh in New Zealand, let's do that. But we're going to figure it out, I promise. Um, you know, I know it's just, unfortunately, it gets it gets scooted down to the last part of the uh, the trip, which sucks. But, it you know, we're there working primarily, and, you know, it just sort of goes back and forth all the time. But you know where my heart is, everybody? It's at the bottom of the cup after seven strokes. Hopefully more like three. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy your golf games from me to you. I'll see you in the showers. Have a good one.